0: I can welcome to the Balanced Body Podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about understanding different mindsets or personalities uh, or schemas as they would call in the psychological world. Uh, I think it's uh, fascinating to learn about these ideas because this makes up who we are and we get to figure out who we are a little bit more each time we learn about the different types of lenses through which we perceive and respond to life events and internal experiences um, how we perceive and think affects how we feel it may also affect how we behave like for instance waiting in a very long line during the holidays isn't always fun and we talked in my last podcast on personalities and what we could do in that situation to make it better. Now, stress, anger, anxiety, depression, and other painful emotions are uh, are typically a function. Of our mindsets. Um, we can all, I think, genuinely say we experience one of those uh, emo- emotions that is very painful. And so um, I'm, I'm going to talk about this fabulous lecture that I went to with Dr. Joseph Shannon. He's a PhD, uh, an amazing psychologist that has a lot of information to share about this and and r- great references if you're interested. I'm, I'm a, I, I love books. I unfortunately don't have enough time to read all the books that I want to read. But he offers a lot of great books if you are interested in learning more of this information that I don't or don't have time to provide today, which um, I think would be uh, wonderful. Again, it's it's the process and the journey of discovery of self, in my opinion. So let's talk about mindset. So our, our, our personality... Is essentially inherited, and that research comes from Dr. Um, Stella Chess, uh, MD. Stella Chess is Chess's C H E S S. Um, our psychological traits are our personality, um, genetics can influence our mindsets. Uh, there is, I know, in, in our my particular world, Deepak Chopra is very popular, and um, we've had. Uh, Um, I think, conversations on the podcast before to talk about how generations, up to 13 generations is the last research that I had heard, that can affect your generation. 13 prior generations has the ability to affect you, your genetics, your psychological psychological traits, your personality, that's mind-blowing. So Deepak Chopra has a a very good book that he did with a world-class geneticist, um, The Biogenetic Aspect of Thoughts and Mindsets, called Super Genes. If you are interested in learning how, um, especially people that have are generations from a Holocaust survivor, uh, might find that they have experiences of uh, trauma that uh, didn't exist in their lifetime that or they don't feel is justified. Well, these types of books give us validation that you're right, it may not have happened to you, it may not have happened in your lifetime, but it could have happened in your grandfathers, your grandmothers, or your great-great-grandmothers or grandfathers that you have kind of taken on into this um, lifetime. It's interesting how we have different people in this world that are avoidant to change, <laughs> which is a personality trait. Uh, people that um, using mustard instead of ketchup on their hot dog, that's like like an amazing amount of change for them to do that. Uh, 20% of the population is absolutely avoidant to change. Um, their, their personality is set that they pretty much drink coffee every morning, and eat Raisin Bran with their milk, and they've done that for 15, 20 years. Um, There's also 20% of the population that are thrill seekers. Um, An example of this would be like an 80-year-old an 88-year-old woman that wakes up on her birthday and goes bungee jumping naked. That's a thrill seeker. Um, that's 20% of the population. And so what's remaining is 60% of the population, which is s- middle of the road, neither seek good or bad uh, of any of those types, kind of is goes with the flow and is willing to change. So if we move on to collection of traits, 60% of our appropriate personality is inherited. Habits are learned um, that develops our character. That's about 40% um, of of our our temperament comes from habits that, that are learned, um, which is essentially uh, that character and personality is how you see yourself in the world, how you interact with the world to get your needs met. And what's really, really interesting is this is, pretty much created and formed and cemented by the age of 11 or 12. And so let's talk about how that comes about. Uh, um, For those of you who are wondering how you got your personality, we just talked about it being inherited. And there's also learned aspects. So number one is through the modeling effect this is research done by dr bandura out Al, dr albert bandura who is a phd and he talks he's sort of the expert on the modeling effect uh, children are going to role model an adult who they perceive to be believe it or not physically attractive so children even that are adopted children up to the age of 4 four years old always perceive their parents as physically attractive. So even if you think you don't, if you, if you don't think you are physically attractive, what they're saying is, is if you have children, your children 100% think you're physically attractive. Even if you had a third eye, even if you had a, a, you know, a big fat booger hanging out of your nose, you're children think that you are the most attractive and that even is considered with blind uh, children so the parent will set the norm for beauty for the child so most heterosexual females will marry a man that most resemble their fathers and uh, most heterosexual Males will marry a woman that most, believe they or not, resemble their mothers. Now, if we go into the homosexual, most gay men get into long relationships with that men that most resemble their fathers. And most, not all, but most gay women will get in long relationships or marry women that resemble their mother. So the parent is the standard of beauty. So as it relates to modeling, from birth to about age six or seven, and I've heard this statistic several times, your child is like a sponge. Their nervous system is like a sponge, and they listen to everything you do and say. So children will typically model um, who they perceive to have something in common with. The greater the commonality, the greater the child takes on that behavior and belief from that particular caregiver or person. That's why girls typically emulate their mothers and boys typically emulate their fathers. Another role modeling effect uh, that, that we can, uh, we've found through the works of um, Bandura, had to do with the fact that to the extent that a child sees the parent, the role model, getting rewarded for the behavior, then that reward, then that child will take on that particular uh, type of behavior. For instance, if the, um, the mother is is given a compliment by the husband when he gets home from work, like the house looks nice or the, the dinner looks wonderful or tastes wonderful. And then the child sees the mother kissing or hugging the father and thanking him. And there's a positive reaction. Then that child will then take on that type of behavior. And with that type of story, the child also then with um, modeling that type behavior typically has has a very healthy relationship with women growing up. Versus the dark side um, could be an example. Of if if a male is abusive, then it can set the stage for the child. To have um, issues, relationship issues with women his entire life, even if the boy recognizes that the father is a brute or a bully and even defends the mother, the research shows that 75% chance the boy will still emulate the abusive behavior of the father because children typically model the powerful role model, which is. Very unfortunate. Even and that's interesting because even though the submissive um, mother who's being abused, he's defending her and he sides with her and he doesn't think what the father's doing is right. He still ends up. Statistics show seventy five percent of the of chances this child growing up will will emulate the father's abusive behaviors, and so if the child, because there's always a chance, and if the child ended up taking on the submissive role of the mother, then there's a chance in the future that the child grows up to have a relationship with an abusive woman. He gets then abused um, by his uh, um, opposite relationship or relationship person. So, Another way to learn behaviors and mindsets is through the uh, understanding of reinforcement. So reinforcement, i.e., positive reinforcement, a person will engage with a behavior they they anticipate they will get a. Positive or a treat or a goodie as a result. But research shows that intermittent reinforcement has much bigger impact on a child than constant reinforcement, like constantly telling the child or um, giving them positive feedback all the time, potentially they say, turns them into a narcissist. So every now and then, um, giving that positive reinforcement to that to that child for, you know, getting good grades or put it, cleaning up his room or um, cleaning, help cleaning up the dinner table and the dishes or putting his own um, dish away. So intermittent is much highly, uh, is much more effective. So there are other influences and factors that can affect mindsets uh, personalities, temperaments, and, uh, that's obviously the socioculture, like, you know, the schools, you know, for people that went to a Catholic school, their whole young adult life, that's gonna affect them, um, the name, neighbor, your neighborhoods, um, typically whether or not you were a low, medium or high class family that you grew up in can create, um, a different type of belief mindset about yourself, So we're going to move on to um, some really cool examples of problematic mindsets um, that basically uh, Dr. Burns and Young took this research on and categorized out of society. There are 10 most common problematic mindsets, and we'll talk about those because they do have to do with anxiety, depression, and anger, but let's go back and Reinforce the information that you learn by the age of 11 or 12 this particular mindset. It has a, a very profound effect on how you feel, and this won't feel, influence how you see yourself and how you interact with the world and how you oftentimes get your needs met in society. So What are those particular mindsets? I'm going to give you an example, uh, probably one or two examples, depending on the quality of the example of these mindsets. And then we'll talk about a reference that you can read that can potentially, if you know somebody or you know yourself that's having issues with these, you can can read this book. Um, But so number one is fear-based. Uh, or general or what causes generalized anxiety and Oftentimes these types of mindsets have this running program going through their head That says I must always maximize safety and reduce risk of danger and harm And they can they you typically are hypervigilant people and they think that the world is a terrible place or a very dangerous place The second uh, maladaptive mindset is Learned pessimism, which leads to depression, which that thought process is I am and can always or will always be the victim. I have no control over my future or my destiny. Number three is an emotional dysregulation, uh, which leads to hostility or anger. And that example could be, I will always be hurt, disappointed by others. My anger is in response to this. Another one is, don't get mad, get even through covert, passive-aggressive acts of anger. And then um, a last one before we get into interpersonal type of relationship Um mindsets is shame, embarrassment, um, or excessive self-criticism. A thought running or a program that is constantly running in this particular type of mindset is I'm so ugly, stupid, and unpopular that no one would ever want to get close to me. Okay, so as we move into relationship, here, here, here finishes out our um, last six uh, mindsets. The egocentric narcissist, which is, if you question or criticize me, you are attacking, shaming, and embarrass me. This justifies any retaliation on my part. Okay, another one, identity confusion or fragmentation. I have no sense of who I am. Therefore, I must rely on you for my sense of identity." That sounds a little bit like codependent, if you ask me. Uh, Perfectionism, or the need to control. I must strive for perfection, even to the point of emotional numbing and physical exhaustion. Perfectionism will allow me to keep my painful emotions, especially grief and loss, at bay. The next one is unrealistic, romantic expectations. If you really love me, you will never disagree or be in conflict with me. I should always be your number one priority. That is a mindset or belief that was learned early on. Um, Externalization of responsibility or blame is another one. My emotional outbursts are your fault it's never my fault to take responsibility for making a mistake is to acknowledge that i am weak inferior and damaged and the last one is excessive self-sacrifice or martyrdom i can never do enough for you or others i should never focus on my own needs i must always focus on meeting the needs of others to do otherwise is being selfish and uncaring. So what's really cool about um, this is there is a questionnaire that you can fill out and help you determine which one of these maladaptive personality uh, mindsets that you have. Um, there's, uh, there's also a really good book to help you through creating change if you do feel like you have a mindset that is problematic in your life and that book is called feeling good uh by uh, burns d 1980 new york uh, that i would highly recommend and you know he he basically this is sort of your self-help trying to change if you feel like you have a really bad issue or you know someone has like a book ain't gonna help them. Like they're, they don't even recognize that they have a problem. Just like most narcissists don't. Um, then a book isn't gonna be enough for you. The book teaches you the process of change, but if there's a serious issue, um, then the best thing to do is to see a cognitive behavioral therapist, somebody who's post PhD with about five plus years of experience. That's a cognitive, they call it a CBT, but it's a cognitive behavioral therapist that basically they are trained to make you aware and and help you um, work on these maladaptive mindsets that Basically, could be creating a lot of turmoil, dysfunction, maybe chronic depression, maybe chronic a anxiety or anger. These are the specialists that really help with this type of thing. I think it's I think it's absolutely um, incredible um, learning about these because lots of times um, we can only do so much in the world, uh, and we're not psychotherapists or we're not phys- um We're not psychiatrists or psychologists. So this is sort of an additional piece of information to, if you feel like you have a client or yourself that is, you can't help, but this would be the road um, to that. And I will continue talking about these types of things. Um, maybe in one more episode, because I do think it's, um, absolutely relevant to society today. And, and I wanted to give you a brief history of how it happens and occurs, um, through the act of childhood development, which I think is, uh, is really important in in every individual that's dealing with trauma or crisis or psychological behaviors. There is somehow or another, um, we can look to the childhood and the genetic um, history um, by way of ancestors, like I had said before. So thank you for listening, taking the time and um, allowing me to share this piece of information with you. Uh, I always appreciate you taking the time to um, to spend your energy with me and learning and growing again, happy, happy, happy day. And again, it's the mindset that you choose to take on to, to determine how your day is going to be from that point on. And so we'll chat at you next time. Thanks a lot for being here. Bye-bye.